Welcome to The Unbridled Woman with your host, Deanne Rose. Get ready to embark on a thrilling journey to the core of your feminine essence. Awaken and harness the immense inner strength you possess. Rise up majestically and powerfully, embodying your most authentic and unstoppable self. Get ready for an electrifying revelation of spirit and power. Here comes Deanne, ready to set your world ablaze with inspiration and wisdom. Welcome to the Unbridled Woman. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to unlock the doors to financial freedom and empowerment. In today's show, we are going to dive into a topic that resonates deeply with all of you, to ditch debt, save for retirement, and make dreams a reality. If you, like many, feel unprepared for retirement, this show is for you. This, my financial expert here, Daylene, is here to shift perspectives and ignite a spark of hope. It's time to lift our heads from the sands of uncertainty and acquaint ourselves with the empowering world of numbers. Daylene will guide us through practical steps to break free from debt, strategies to save for your golden years, and inspiring ways to turn long-held dreams into reality. Remember, it's never too late to start rewriting your financial story. Your journey towards financial freedom is not just a distant dream, but a tangible reality within your reach. Let's embark on this transformative journey together and get ready to unleash the financially savvy and unbridled woman in you. So as we do in our episodes, our shows, we're going to do a little grounding, some deep belly breaths to get present here. So if you are able, I invite you to close your eyes, to take a deep breath in through your nose and a slow exhale through your mouth and inhaling through your nose. Inhaling all that you want to bring into your day, all the good stuff, the good juju. And as you exhale, just releasing any heaviness and what no longer serves you, any doubts, any worries, any anxieties. And on the third, make this your deepest inhale of the day so far. Just really feeling it in coming up from the bottom of your belly all the way up to the top of your chest and exhaling. Oh, coming here. We're all present. We're together in this circle together. So I am very excited on our topic today. There's always a uh, there's always some sometimes taboo around money or talking about money. Um, there's sometimes shame around maybe not having enough, um, especially if you get to a certain age and you look back at your bank account and there's that aha moment of like, okay, now what happens? So my beautiful guest today, Daylene Higgins, is a financial coach for Gen Xers and the host of the Wealthy After 40 podcast. Being brave in her career and her personal budgeting, she was able to retire at the age of 50. That's amazing. And now she has she is on a mission to help Gen Xers ditch debt, save for retirement, and make the dreams a reality. Even though most Gen Xers feel unprepared for retirement, Daylene believes that it's never too late to start. 
because when you get your head out of the sand and get to know your numbers, you'll realize your financial freedom is closer than you think. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Daylene. Um, so the first part of this journey together, we're going to talk about your unbridled story, uh, maybe about something that is that has brought you into what you're doing right now into and service into this world. And then on the second half of our time together, we'll go a little bit more deeper into how to decrease that budget and still live the life of your dreams. So what I ask my guests first is what does the word unbridled mean to you? Uh, it means, you know, just go for it. That's what I think of. It's like, you know, it kind of ties in with my ideas of somebody has to have a dream. And when I tell them to dream, like dream without barriers, dream without restrictions, dream, you know, dream like you did as a child. And so unbridled just means set your mind to it and go, just yeah. go, go big. I love that. Yes, go big. It's got a goosebumps on that when you're like, it's just like dream like you're a child, like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. It's like as adults, we just got like this, this veil gets put over our, our uh, daydreaming and, you know, we're told that that's not true or, you know, get real, right? Come back to reality. But, you know, that's where, that's where we manifest, right? That's where we can really live out our truest desires and bring them into our own reality. And which, of course, is vital for our financial future and our stability and how, you know, what, what's our retirement going to look like? If we don't dream about our retirement, um, what we want to do in it, then how can we actually start to prepare for it? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So I would love to hear um, a story of your remembering, reclaiming and rising to share with our listeners today. Okay, so I'm going to go back to um, kind of when I had my aha moment before my financial journey, but I had put myself through school. I'd gotten an accounting degree, but I was working a government job. And with that government job, at the time, it felt like a burden, right, that I had all this time invested and in which meant a pension. So if I were to walk away, I would lose that ability to that pension being paid out to me because you had to have me qualifying numbers, which was number of years. So um, I had put myself through uh, college, got my accounting degree, uh, bachelor's, and just tried to, and it did, it worked with it where I was at. I was working for the local law enforcement um, and I moved around in different technical positions as support per personnel. And one of the last ones was a crime analyst. So I was using a lot of the technological that I'd used in accounting and, in, you know, analyzing numbers, because that's basically what it came down to as far as when you're looking at crimes. Um, and I did that and I loved that, but I was ready for something more. I'm like, you know, I would really love to walk out of this life having used this degree that I, you know, went for. I worked full time, went to school, sometimes full time, married. Luckily, I finished before I had my child. Mm -hmm. um, but yet I was like, you know, where's my return on this? I want this return. And um, I actually stepped out and went for my master's. So I was headed into my MBA. So as I'm doing that, my goal at that time was actually go be a professor at the local state college. And you could do that with a master's. I'm like, it's the same pension, you know, that I talk about. I'm like, this will work out. This will work out. And um, at the time I was close to finishing, they announced they were going to university. 
that requires a different level of education to teach at a university. So um, uh, yeah, as on a full-time position, I know I could have probably adjunct. Um, and so, yeah, I was kind of beat down. I was like, oh, what? So I just started, you know, scouring the internet, looking in government because I wanted to maintain, by that time I had almost 17 years uh, towards a 30-year pension. Wow. So I just kept looking and it wasn't like I was limited on a whole lot of options, but I was limited because it was only government. But this beautiful job popped up. It was with the local sheriff's office as a financial analyst, required a bachelor's degree. And I remember driving to the interview and I'm like, please, please, please just let me have this. You know, I want this. This is just like the best fit um, because I had worked for four years in the finance department of the you know, local city. And I'm sorry, but I hated it. <laughs> There's just something about the environment in law enforcement. And I had been there since I was 18. So it was where I grew up. And so I went in for my interview. I left. I felt pretty good. But you know how you leave an interview and you're like, ah, I did okay. So I can't be mad at myself, but we'll just see. And, you know, within, I think it was within a couple of days, they called and offered me the position. And I still had to go through a background check and all of that, which was fine. I didn't have fear anything. And so for the last 15 years of my career, I was a finance. So it was a financial analyst and then it upgraded to a finance manager. And ultimately what I did was I helped cops budget. So they are not desk jockeys, right? They've gone in to be in the field, but as they promote, they are required you know, to handle their budgets. And I became the person that could speak to them, speak their language, because I grew up in law enforcement, and mm -hmm. also speak the accounting numbers, you know. And uh, I remember one um, lieutenant in my office, and he's like, but it doesn't make sense. And I said, it's not a bank account. So you're just going to have to trust me. And it's, you know, I just... I just skyward through that 15-year journey of working with them and going from a meek, I don't want to say really meek. I wasn't real meek, but quiet uh, learning because it was definitely a learning curve. And at, by the end, they were like, can I do this? And they really just trusted in me. And that building that trust was so, so neat. But by the end, when I was trying to find my replacement, when I retired, I was just like, oh my gosh. And my daughter reminded me, yeah, it was my daughter. She's like, did you know all that the day you started? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I did not. So just that recognition of that growth and just going for it. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great job. Hmm. I love that. Well, congratulations for making the 30 years. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> in that and, and, um, you know, finagling it and st sticking with it, um, too. Cause that's, that's a big chunk of time to be within a, um, uh, a company or, I mean, basically government is a company, right? I guess. Right. right. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad that you found something that you felt very aligned to, to spend that, you know, that second half with and, and really be able to give back to those, to those yeah. um, cops. Were they, were they, were they mostly male or female or, or good? Uh, um, I had two female out of 22 um, lieutenant and above that I, I worked with. So yeah, there were two females. So yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. So now, so, okay. So that's, that's the, uh, the period of your, your growth and then, all right, now what happens? 
Yeah. So I could, let me just tell you, when you think about retiring, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be in five years or it's going to be, and they claim a year of like 2028. Let's just use that as an example. That's the easy part. What becomes the harder part is choosing the month and the date. And so as I was coming, I finally said to my husband, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. He's like, okay. You know, he was supportive. I'm like, all right, I'll go in a year. And that would have been October. He's like, okay. So then I got thinking about it and I'm like, well, why do I want to go in October? There was really nothing tied to it. You know, like it just is not, you know, going with your word aligned with me. So then I thought, well, I'll go August 1st because that was my mom's birthday, but it was also her death day. And I'm like, I'll just link it up with her. That will be a great, you know. And then I got thinking about it and it wasn't that I didn't want to link it up with her, but I'm like, why am I going at the end of the summer? You know, when you start working, when you finally graduate high school, there is no such thing as summers anymore, unless you're a teacher, right? So having summers off, I'm like, ah, that's a thing. I can make it a thing. So I chose June 1 as my retirement date, mainly because I wanted to have a summer off. And so now I get summers, winter, fall, you know, spring, (laughs) everything off. But um, it was... That was the journey, like journeying through that and trying to determine when to leave was, Mm -hmm. I'm not that it was hard, but I didn't realize the thought process that I would need behind it. So, you know, hopefully as you're getting there that you can start thinking of how to bring it in alignment with you. And some people I know, like a, a situation presents itself. And so they're able to take it because of that. But, you know, when you're just like choosing because it's time, it's like a little more difficult. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have some thoughts regarding that is there's there's an identification there, right? Be, you know, you, there's you've been doing this for so long, um becomes part of your identity and now you have to this part is going to come to an end. <laughs> so, uh so I I I love the you know, yeah, creating a uh I love doing rituals and and kind of things like that. You know, like things end, there's a ritual for things begin. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a lot of presence to that of like, okay, this is a major life transition for me. And, you know, let's, it's not just every day that I, I retire and close a chapter here in my life. So yeah, let me put some, some thought into this and you know, just really make it, uh, you know, something sacred uh, uh, that, you know, you can, then you could celebrate that, you know, I mean, do, do you, did, was it last, last June that you? I don't know, it'll be two years coming up in June. So it was 22. Oh, 22. Okay. So did you, yeah. did you, did you celebrate this in 2023, your retirement date or did it come? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I did. Yeah. I recognize yes. it. Now I'm like, oh, coming up on the end of two years now, it's like very prominent in my mind, which June 1st had no other, there's no other ties to it. Right. I, <laughs> and maybe that's kind of why I chose it. It's like, it's by itself. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it was really, yeah, th- through a lot of that. And then as I was doing that, that's how I ended up, um, which I know we'll talk about in the second half, but that's how I became a financial coach because I was like, all right, I'm 50. Uh, what am I going to do? 
it's not time to sit in the recliner and do nothing. Um, you know, yes, I want the lax, the time freedom. You know, I was looking forward to that. Uh, but what am I going to do to fill my days? And I just explored my interests, my hobbies, my desires, all of that. I went through as I was, you know, also determining when I would actually leave and you know, I'm an avid fiction reader. I just consume fiction as I I always have. So last year I read like 135 books. So typically oh I read a hundred plus, um, which is funny because I don't count, I don't log my nonfiction, but I do read a nonfiction in the middle of that. I probably read, I would say maybe eight to 12 nonfiction a year, you know, mm -hmm. keep me apprised of, you know, knowledge and all that that I need. But um, as I was thinking about that, okay, you love to read. What about helping other people to read? You know, there's that project literacy at the library, or you could go work with the kids at the school and support them with re as a reading tutor. And I just, I was like, I really don't want to be on somebody else's timeline, you know, maybe yes. eventually, maybe eventually, right? Like, so, and then I came across finding financial coaching. And I realized the tie of the feeling I was receiving, you know, as completing my financial dream, my financial goal. And I wanted to share that feeling with others, not that they may have that same goal as retiring at 50 or retiring early or whatever it may be, but that really that feeling like that they can set a goal and create it and get there. And just, so that's really why I went that direct, that direction and started preparing myself for that. So that shift, that shift was a little bit easier. I didn't have to just go from, you know, something to nothing, but it was good. It was good. Yeah, and then that's the important thing too that you um, you got on there is the going from something to nothing. Um, I remember my ex husband's dad when he retired, he had such a hard time, and then he ended up getting sick and he ended up passing away a few years after oh, he retired. Um, yeah. Just. I mean, you know, looking back is like almost he lost kind of like his purpose in life, you know, because um, so, yeah, so it's very, it's very important to have, you know, or start, you know, like you, you some reflection of, okay, like, you know, what, what am I interested in? You know, what uh, hobbies can I start, you know, keeping my mind engaged and, and then, then, you know, that, then the volunteering as well, as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I can see the, um, that that little reluctance too is like <laughs> oh but then you know even though it's volunteering right it's still there's still a time when i'm going to be at this <laughs> place yes so there's yes. A, a time commitment yes um and i think it's nice to yes to have that have your freedom for a while you know it's like it's like when you were in school right i mean you know you going to school when we were kids is you know, we're not getting paid for it. So it's kind of in a volunteer, but we're there. But then the summers come and there's just that freedom because there's nothing really, there's nothing scheduled. And you just use that to rejuvenate yourself. Then you get back into, um, get back into something that has a little bit more structure. And when you now are retired, you get to, you know, especially the volunteer, you get to choose, you get to choose what, when you want to do it, what you want to do. Um, and hopefully it doesn't become a job to you, but something that you're actually giving back and feeling good about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. So 
let's um yeah let's get in a little into how you are are helping people now so um i'm really i'm interested in how like if someone comes to you and let's say let's say they're 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 50 years old and they're like okay i'm going i want to retire in 15 years <laughs> but I don't have much. What do I do? And I, and I don't want to sacrifice a lot of stuff right now. You know, I have, you know, there's, I still want to live life, but not, you know, sacrifice everything for these next 15 years. What would, what would you suggest for them? Um, well, I would first share, cause my journey was 15 years. Yes. I had that pension, but they're also going to be approaching, right. Social security. Hopefully that is there, especially if they have been working and hopefully they have saved some, but the uh, number one recommendation I would make if they don't want to give up anything, I would have them really consider like getting rid of debt. So going into retirement with less money committed means you need less money coming in. And so that right there is a dollar for dollar in a sense. And so, you know, having them structure something around that 15 years. So, you know, instead of having it paid off in, you know, and they could probably very easily do it in five, eight years um, without having to get up, give up much either if they just got focused on it. And so recognizing what they truly want is the first important thing. And debt isn't necessarily our goal, but that beyond that, right? I want to retire in 15 years. Okay, what does it take to make what you want it to feel like and look like? happen and just then tying where you are today to what you want in 15 years and just making a plan. And I know a lot of people, they'll come to me and they're like, I don't want to give up anything. And what they don't recognize is that if they create a dream and they create that goal that is really of the heart and mind desire, the motivation and consistency to change is just so much easier. It's not mm -hmm. the fact of giving up. It's the fact of making the exchange. So I used to care about this, but that is not going to help me get to here. And I want that more. And I think once you recognize that, that, that budget restriction that people, you know, immediately go to as they think about budgeting, um, it goes away. It goes away because you're empowered now with your goal and your dream to do what you want with your money. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, Empowered with your dream. I'm just going to write that down. That's I like that. Um, it's so what I'm hearing is, is a mindset change really as well mm -hmm. to yeah. shift, shift where you, you want to put your focus, I guess. Yeah. I mean, because do you, do you find that when you're working with people uh, when they're, I remember having to do this, you know, there's always different things, especially at the beginning of the year. It was like, oh, write down, you know, write down your budget or, you know, what you spend your money on. And something like that is very enlightening <laughs> when we write down, like, what am I spending money on? And then reflecting, like, why, why do I spend money there? And, uh, so this happens sometimes, you know, for me, and also I've heard other people, 
a lot of their subscriptions. So if they actually get like a list of all things that they've subscribed to, they realize they've been paying money on things that they totally forgot that they have anymore, right? So even like seeing something like that, you can actually start bringing more income in by getting rid of, of those things that you no longer no longer um, use. Or uh, I remember hearing one story where this woman was still paying for this subscription from an old boyfriend something that she totally forgot. And like that was like $20 a month going out. And, you know, it's been a few years since she broke up with him. So, you know, taking care of that. Um, and I think that kind of goes, you know, the wording we used before was, you know, when your head is in the sand, <laughs> it's hard to really make make good decisions and good choices for yourself if you don't see where your money is actually going, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my clients after session one, um, before session two, I ask of them to write down their bills um, by due date from the first of the month to the end of the month. And I had one client, she comes back and she goes, yeah, I canceled four of them. I don't need them anymore. And it was just the literal act of writing them down. So we had them in order for part of our management system that really had her reflecting. And it's, you know, so sometimes it's not hard. Sometimes it's not hard at all. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's just taking that time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So why, and this is just a question is because I'm just a curious question, you know, in, in your work, what are you like, what are you seeing that is that that barrier that people don't want to look at their finances? Like it's um, like, why well, do why okay. people want to keep their head in sand? Yeah. So I think initially there was a situation, a moment, whatever it's defined as where there was that feeling of shame and guilt and it was bad, whether they overspent, whether, you know, a bill came that they weren't aware of or weren't knowledgeable on and they made a wrong choice or whatever it might be. So it's easier instead of feeling that pain to just not look. And mm -hmm. so I think most of the time, like they've had that and then they don't look and they keep don't looking because they are expecting that same feelings going to arise. So I think right there immediately is what causes them to immediately pull away. Yeah. So I tell people to go look and just look. And I can guarantee you without that situation, it's not going to feel that bad. Um, and then eventually you'll be won't have that. Oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, it's going to be horrible. And it might take a while, but you know, that's just what, take one little step, open up your bank account, look at it, shut it down, you know, and that's, right. that's a big step for some. So. Yes. Cause it's, I mean, that goes with any relationship because our relationship with, with money is similar to our relationship with people. You know, if we don't you know, talk to the people in our lives. If we ignore them, we don't want to look at them, then that relationship isn't going to be very strong. They're not going to want to be in our life. And so as, yeah, so as, as difficult it is to sometimes face, uh, you know, a, a shameful moment, which is just a moment in our life that, you know, and, and we all make choices, I believe, you know, decisions in a way that's best for us at the time or what we know right and you know we we learn as we as we live life and there's it's so we really see oh i should have done that but you didn't know back then you know if you did you would have made a different choice so now you know 
better. So just look at that, acknowledge it, you know, do whatever you have to do. Maybe it's a forgiveness of yourself and call that relationship back with your, with, with money and like, okay, let's, let's have a fresh brand new start together, right? <laughs> let's, let's create an, a new chapter together. And this is how we're going to do it. And, um, so I, I'm excited how we're going to learn how to do that when we we come back in a, a a little bit. So thank you for for sharing how you um, you worked through your journey into setting yourself up. I mean, it would have been very easy for you to say, "Oh, I'm out of here. I'm going to find a different job." So I really I really admire your perseverance. So thank you, Daylene. And when we come back, we will be coming back more into um, diving into our relationship with money, debt, and realizing our dreams in our retirement. So stay tuned and thank you so much for listening. America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. Have a question for Deanne or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or email Deanne at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman. I am Deanne Rose, your host, and I am here with the beautiful Daylene Higgins, who has been sharing her story on embracing her unbridled self. Now we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to dive deep into our relationship with money. So before our break, uh, Daylene, you and I were talking about head in the sand and 
you know, some of us having that guilt and shame about maybe something we, a, a bad choice we made with money. And now we don't even want to look at our bank accounts because it brings up a lot of anxiety and we don't want to face that. And, but there's also another version of head in the sand is not uh, wanting to acknowledge what we're spending our money on or wanting to decrease that in order to make a change in our lives. So can, why don't we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I think a lot of, you know, if you're not feeling the shame or the guilt, the other side would be you're not wanting to give up anything is what you ultimately are thinking. Because if I address my numbers, I'm going to have to get up something. I'm going to have to quit living my life the way I'm living. And, you know, several of my last clients have come to me with that. And my approach, we don't do that. We actually take where you're at, what you're doing, and we lay it out in three buckets um, and show you, like, if there is some overage. Um, but, my last three clients, they actually walked away with saving $900 a month. Now, making sure that savings initially goes to your emergency fund, your sinking funds, and then your savings is how we teach, you know, prioritizing there. But they didn't have to give up anything. And that client who, you know, she wrote her list of bills, you know, she gave up those four on her own. That was her own choice. That was nothing. You know, it's just that realization. And so I think if you're, you know, burying your head in the sand because you think you're going to have to give up something, um, more than likely you have more power than, you know, looking at it. I realized on my budget journey how powerful I was with my money that I could direct it exactly where I wanted it to go and do the things I wanted it to do. So at the time I was working on, a short-term goal of buying recreational property so we could camp there, ride our four-wheelers, you know, all of those things. But I was also still looking towards, you know, completing that 30 years with a pension and saving enough money for there because the day I retired, I took a 40% cut in pay. And so being prepared to take that option was my long-term goal. And I just, you know, as I was going through that journey, how powerful I could be with my money. I could direct it to buying that recreational property, which for me, when I said, you know, my husband and I said we were going to do that, I thought there's no way we can do that. We can't afford that, you know. Right. And um, but then I'm like, no, no, I'm going to prove myself wrong. And that's where I stamped that thought down. And it wasn't necessarily the long-term goal, but, you know, realizing that I could actually serve myself both now and in the future was so powerful. And so I think if people recognize that they have control of their money, that their money, don't let their money have control of them anymore. Because if you're like, I'm hiding mm -hmm. from it, your money's got control over you. You have no control. You have no choice in anything that you're just reactive. And so instead of being reactive, you can be very proactive. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. Wow. That I just feel so empowered just hearing you. I, I, I never really thought about it the way you you just phrased that is you know, you got to direct where your money went. <laughs> and and as you were saying it, it, it wasn't in a, I didn't get that, that energy of like control. It was, it was more of this, like this innate po power coming through of like, this is, um, I don't, what almost comes to, to mind right now is, 
is just like a mother guiding her child along uh, along a certain path, like not not telling them where to go or like don't stop there, like, like just gently guiding the child along, um, and but knowing that you know she's getting to the child where she wants the child to go, even though the child might not know that they're supposed to, that that's that's the intention. But it's it's a very it's very gentle. That that's kind of the energy I get, and it's and I think for a lot of women that that might that's very important to um, that is part of our, our our feminine essence is that that gentle nurturing like like coming from the, the viewpoint of of nurturing your money and um, putting it getting it to a place that is going to be beneficial for you. Um, yeah, I I love I love that look at that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. The other thing I realized was, you know, like the FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I think that's that's a scarcity mindset for sure. But I, that for me was gone. You know, people are the latest, greatest thing or something new or whatever it is. And they're talking about it and sharing it. I'm like, that's really cool. They're like, are you going to get one? And I'm like, no, I'm already doing this and this. You know, I had my sights so grounded, so anchored, you know, and it was just easy to not feel that missing out because I knew what I was getting. I knew what I was headed for. And so, yeah, it was so powerful. It was just to have that and be able to do that. I mean, it's not easy. You know, I don't want to say that, oh, okay, once you do that, it's just going to be easy. You know, it takes a little bit of work and, you know, put it, directing it the right way and knowing how much when, right? If you're doing the now and the future, there's that balance of, you know, am I doing enough for the future? Or am I living enough right now? But you really just got to be in tune with yourself and just keep going and just keep, you know, like you said, sometimes there's things that we don't know. And so we make a decision and then we learn about it. And that's the same way on the my money journey is like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. So, you know, let's try something different and just being able to, you know, shift and make that change and not feel bad about what happened it worked out it worked out yeah that yeah yeah i like what you said there's there's that balance between living now and preparing um because you know you all we have is now and we also have that innate wanting to live a long time <laughs> so we you know even though we can't control we don't know what the future brings you know there is that sort of Preparation is that a word? <laughs> I'm making up words. Um, being prepared um, for for the future, for when that future becomes your now moment. Um, and and you know, even when you're you're talking about the relationship with money and or in in your dreams you know being like this is what i this is my goal this is what i know i want and it's it's similar i think just how we show up in life like if if we don't know ourselves or what we believe in then we are we get caught up in that fomo that instant gratification and any you know that shiny object oh that got my attention i'm going there and not using the discernment of is that really truly for me like you said you know those you know a, a, a new technology comes and everyone's like oh yes yeah, that you know or like you know the new iphone and and it's like well okay yeah that's great it's great that it could do all that 
and my phone still works. So, <laughs> you know, so it, the functionality of it, it gets me to what I need. Like, I don't need, you know, me, I don't need like that big camera. You know, that's not what I do with, you know, my phone. So for, you know, for that reason, you wouldn't, you know, do just, you just wouldn't get it to get it because everybody else is, is doing it. But if you're not, if you don't know what you're using something for or, or what it's going to give you, then yeah, then we get lost and then we can get lost in our, in our relationship with, with money and our, our retirement goals or dreams or not, you know, as we're getting older. Yeah. <clears throat> Exactly. I know. As I was on my money journey with my husband, I'm like, do you know how much we're spending on cable TV? You know, and it's this, the cutting the cord was really coming about. I'm like, but he, that's what he does. That's his thing. And I'm like, can't you just give up something? And he goes, can you give up your books? And I'm like, okay, nope, nope. You know, and it's like recognizing at that point, especially with us, you know, joint financially, it's like, okay, that's his thing. This is my thing. You know, those are very, if you want to call them sacred areas, like that is not where we can cut. That is what we both you know, work for, work hard for those two important things. And so, you know, realizing that, I mean, those are just, those are more of an immediate gratification, both of them, you know? Um, and so we definitely need to have those, but we can't have all of those, you know, it's like anything and everything. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In you, in your work, do you find what what is what is what is the balance between people who don't want to look at their money because there's guilt and shame, and then there's the ones who don't want to look at the money because they don't want to give anything up or 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 set an anchor down and like you know get real about what their their financial future is like. Okay, so most of the um, most of my clients, even more recently, have been single um, women. So divorced, whether recent or a few years, and so they're still raising those kids at home. And for them, it's really hard. They really hard for them to want to look at their money because they feel like it's going to take away from their from their children. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of them, I'm just so amazed at their you know, commitment, which yes, I was committed to my daughter. I don't want it to sound like I wasn't, but it's like their commitment of like, I don't care and I don't want to because I don't want it to take away from them. And so I think that comes from obviously, you know, being divorced whatever happened there and trying to keep it, I guess the same, I don't know, but it's just so very hard for them to want to make things right. And I'm going to put that quotations, make things right, because they're afraid of the sacrifice their children are going to have to make. Most of them could care less. You know, I think single moms are just amazing. They make it work. They, they're tough. You know, they get through it in whatever way, shape or form it takes. And so when they're finally uh, brave enough to come to me and say, I need help because, and it's sometimes it's like, I just received a bill from my ARS and I've got to get on top of my debt, or I have this dream and I've only got a few more years to even get there. And so, you know, just helping them understand, like, you can't have your children ignore money either. And that's where we go back to, you know, money is taboo. And so immediately right there, I try to get them to start talking with their children, you know, that you may yeah. not have to give up anything, you know, let's look at your numbers first. But if you do like bring them in the fold, bring them into it and say, you know, Hey, we've got to make things work. And how does this, I said, because talking about money is so important. 
Yes. And yes, you know, it, it really it, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you as the parent isn't willing to do that with your child, nobody else will. And then what, and then what have they learned? You know? And so it's like, <laughs> yes. you yeah. know, well, you're just perpetuating the cycle. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. And I know people are, you know, I tell people, I'm like, think about conversations. If you're in a group of people, whether it's coworkers, family, friends, some sort of gathering, if you had to choose between the topic of sex or money, I can guarantee you more people would more easily talk about sex than they would money because there <laughs> right. is, you know, Mm-hmm. they're more, they're more open. I don't want to say they're more open, but they know how to navigate that subject without talking about this, you know, specifics of it where they haven't quite learned that with money. And so I love to help people realize like you can do the same thing with money. If you're with coworkers, you don't have to say, well, what do you make? You know, it can be more like what bank are you using or what savings account are you using? What are you planning for this? Or what, you know, and while it has that edge of money, you don't have to talk about specific numbers and start learning from people, you know, oh, I'm over at this bank. Oh, why are you there? You know, and you can learn about different, you know, savings vehicles. You can learn about different uh, rewards they might be getting over there, whatever it might be, and just start expanding your knowledge with conversation. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. It's great advice. When you were, when you were talking about the, the single mother's um, I remember a, f- a friend of mine, she, her, I think her son is like 12 or 13 or anyway, but she, um, as he, even when it was little and he would, he would want something and she, w- she wouldn't say, oh, we can't afford that. She would say, we're, we're going to apply our money to something else. <laughs> so, you know, and she was, she was applying it to something else, but, it, you know, she wasn't planting that seed of, of lack around him. And I, and I, and, you know, I'm, I'm divorced as well. Um, my girls are older now. However, there, there was a, you, you did touch upon, um, especially for me where I wasn't, I was the one that was divorced. It wasn't my idea, um, or wanting it. So it was important for me to make sure that, things stayed as status quo as possible because I'm like, my, like my personal world just got rattled. I, I just, I don't want, and, and their world got rattled as well, of course, but I, you know, I it just, as a mom, I, you know, I wanted that, you know, the, the landing to be softer for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there, 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 there was that tendency and like, okay, let's try to keep things as normal as possible. And then, but then I found like I was getting myself into debt because I was living beyond my means to kind of keep things quote unquote normal. Um, I, you know, I wasn't aware at that time to, to be like very honest, like, okay, this is a challenging time. It's not that we can't afford this, but we we're going to put our money elsewhere because those are more important right now for us as opposed to those other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's well, and I think, you know, as we're going through situations like that, we want to say, oh, we don't have the money for that. And we don't think anything of it, but children do, you know, they're like, oh, we don't have money. We're going to lose the house. We're not going to be able to do this. And so, you know, with your, um, with your acquaintance and knowing that, and that's the way my parents raised me. It was never, oh, we can't go, 
you know, we can't have that or we can't afford that. It was always, um, okay, we'll have to wait until such and such a time, you know, if it was certain things or we just know we don't spend our money on that. The one that stands out to me the most in growing up was, um, so at, my parents had seven kids, but they, me and my little sister were kind of like late bloomers. So we were pretty much the only two in the house um, and the kids, older kids were gone, but um, we'd go with her to the grocery store and I'd be like, can we get the sugared cereal, you know? And um, she would always tell me, no, not this week. And I always thought, which it could have been, that it was like for health reasons. You know, I'm like, oh, she just doesn't want us to have sugared cereal. Mm -hmm. But I actually think it was more cost than anything because there were the times that we'd ask and she'd be like, yes, you can buy one now, but then you won't be able to have another one for a while. And so thinking back on it now, I'm like, that really, but I never thought of that. To me, it was like, oh, I shouldn't have sugared cereal, you know, <laughs> but I think it was really cost. So yeah, 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 yeah. Our, our words are, are extremely important, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. So in our few minutes left, I'd like to talk a little bit more about, about dreams, how you work with your clients in you know, getting to, yeah, what, what are their desires and their dreams and um, getting them to uh, go into that inner child and really, and really have at it and really dream big. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I explained to them the same as I did on here, like drop everything. Like, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to have the most um, in life? And it not even just to say with your money, but just in life, because 99% of life requires money. So, you know, um, just trying to get them to break free because a lot of them come to me with like, they're like, I just need to get my debt paid off. And I'm like, that's great but there's something beyond that. So we've got to figure out what that is. So just really starting to get them to come up with, a, you know, different ideas, different thoughts, you know, different um, things they've maybe heard, you know, and just get them to start crafting whatever that is. And it may not happen in one or two sessions. It might take a while. But then if they're like, oh, I love, you know, these three ideas that is like, okay, which one sits with you the most? Like which one drums up those you know, the heart and the mind desires that really is like, I would just love life so much better, right? Hopefully we're loving life today, but so much better if this truly could come to fruition and just grounding themselves in that dream to be able to, you know, make the changes that they need to with their money. And so if they're the one that has come with paying off debt, then we look at, um, going for the both of them, right? Because debt is short term um, and their other goal may be a little bit longer term, but how are we going to support both of them? And then lay out those exact steps. Like this is what it looks like moving ahead. Step one, step two, step three, um, and just defining that for them. Okay, what are you working on right now? And then what is the next step? And just making sure that they're prepared, they're uh, committed to those in the sense that like that it it fits with them it brings peace to them and that that's something they can choose to do yeah yeah it has to it has to be true for them it has to be something that they can sustainably do and they um so they actually they actually do it yes yeah <laughs> right. and there's yeah, there's a couple exercises we do prior to that um, where we look at, you know, our spending according to priority and then our spending according to our values after we've defined our values. And then even even we get into some mind mapping and with all of that, it can really help define that 
uh, dream a little bit more as well. So, you know, hopefully we can massage it as a whole from day one. I always have it on the intake form. What is your dream? And then we kind of massage it from there if that's, you know, fleshed out enough, if that's whole enough, if it's true, and we can just keep going from there. So, yes, yes. Did you Do you find that people kind of shortchange themselves on their dream where they could actually do you feel like you you have to probe them to like go go deeper like you know what's a little bit more that you want this you know yeah yeah because i think you know it's true it's like we've gotten older and we've heard so many things like you know oh that really couldn't happen or oh there's no way you could afford that and so those thoughts are in the back of our mind right and i'm like nope yeah trying to get them remind them to let go of that let go of that so my more recent client, she came to me with a fleshed out dream. She just didn't have the tools to get there. She wanted 100 doors by the time she was 50. She was 43 when we started working together, had her 44th birthday in the middle of it. And she's like, and she doesn't even own one door right now. So she doesn't even own her own home. And she's like, I know that's crazy. And I said, but don't diminish it. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it's 52 when you get 100 doors? I want you to leave it exactly the same because you know what it is. You state it. I can feel it from you. You know, you, she, she was just so passionate about it that there was no changing it. So yeah. I love when they come like that. But they're just like, how do I get there? You know, but then helping others to yeah go beyond is, is sometimes just as, you know, just as hard. It's just as fun. I love helping clients explore money. I love that. Yes. I mean, you're getting me excited about diving more into my relationship. <laughs> um, and I, I, I love that, that the mindset work as well, because I think that's one of the a, a big blocker and a big tool into being successful yes. as well. So yeah. what does it look like? What do you have certain programs that people, yeah, how would people work with you and how do they get to do that? Yes. So um, right now I have a four month one on one coaching program. We walk you through, you know, clarity and cash flow, um, sustainability and systems, and then into your dreams and decisions and making up, just build it out from there. Um, it's a four weeks intensive for the first month. And then the next three months are every other week. We give you tools. Um, you know, like I said, crafting all of the dreams, all the steps, all the things to get there. Um, they just need to fill out an interest form with they can, with, which they can find on my website. And we can, you know, and all my information about services is on there as well. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, thank you for doing this work and sharing your gifts. It's, it's such an important topic to become I mean, the creatrix of your of your money journey in your life with with money and nurturing it and guiding money into where it is the most um, positive, sustainable, how it's going to bring you into your dreams and allow you to live your most I guess, unbridled life, right? Exactly. <laughs> you want to go big. You want to go big. So yes. thank you so much, Daylene, for taking the time to to speak with all of us today. Um, to my listeners, you can get in touch with me on my website, dnrose.net, or email me at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Next week is a solo show. I will be talking about 
birth. I'll be sharing my birth story and how important it is for women to take that time to look at their birth story and and use it as a, a learning and a growth tool to become the best mom that you can be. So coming to the end of our, our show today with a blessing to the beauty before you, to the beauty behind you, to the beauty all around you, and to the beauty within you. Have a beautiful week, my unbridled women, and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. May this episode be a powerful beacon igniting your spirit with the fire of empowerment and surrounding your heart with the embrace of love. As you step boldly into the new week, channel the divine feminine power that resonates within you and embrace the truth that you are the master of your own transformation, eagerly awaiting our next encounter with excitement and anticipation. Until then, carry this energy and reshape your world with your newfound strength.